and as uh, Adelaide says, um, with um, conditions being strong at consumer level, maybe it's that premium choice that people are happy to pay for because they can pay for it, and less consumption at a at a higher quality might well with a a steak as it might uh, a good quality red or something to go with it. So maybe we have a look at wine would be the natural thing to do. Absolutely, Mark. That is a terrific link between what consumers are doing with high-end steaks and high-end wines and particularly what's happened in COVID. We are seeing this right across the economy. As people can't travel and as they can't spend their money going to Bali or to Europe or to other places, they are spending at home, whether it's renovating their houses, whether it's buying new cars, but also in what they're eating. If we talk about the beef side, Go to any butcher and see how much of the $100 a kilo Wagyu uh, is walking off the shelves or other cuts of good cuts of meat as well. The wine industry is fascinating too and what the impact of COVID has been on that. Lots happening in the wine industry and we'll be putting more out on that later. But you're right, at the high end, over the last two years of disruptions and particularly since June, there has been a noticeable trend in the change of purchases between the, at one end, under $10 bottle of wine and at the other end, above the $30 bottle of wine. The middle areas have stayed about the same, the same amount of people are buying those, but the cheaper wines have dropped right off whereas the more expensive wines have gone from taking up around 4% of the market to around 27% of the market. People are thinking we are going to spend our money enjoying a good wine, making the most of it. Uh, if we can't travel, spend the time at home, and we'll do that. That's been one trend. One other fascinating trend uh, from COVID, as it seems to be playing out across Australian consumers, is how the two-year disruption period, particularly in places like Melbourne and Sydney, has impacted the different age groups in wine consumption. And if there are two standouts, it's between the Gen Zs, the 18 to 24s, and the Gen Xs, the sort of 40 to, to 54s. The Gen Zs appear to be actually drinking less wine than they were at the start. Uh, there was a surge in wine consumption overall at the start of disruptions, then it went down, and overall, then it went up again people got sick of lockdown, but the Gen Zs are drinking less than they were before. Their diet is changing that way. The Gen Xs, whether it be parents, whether it be people stuck working from the home desk, are drinking more than they were before. Whether it's good wine and they're over it, they're enjoying life, whether they're bored with things, whatever the reason may be, those are the changes there. It will be fascinating to see how the industry players make the most of these trends. Yes, and we don't want too much self-reflection on that, do we? So maybe we move to the the big talking point in the industry, of course, has been China and the all but halt um, of Australian wine into that market. Just what impact is that going to have on our industry through this vintage into next year, do you think? Interesting with the China tariffs having come in some time ago, that the impact is not necessarily going to be short term. We, with wine being an annual crop, like so many of our crops, um, it does take some time for that volume of the harvest to, to then go through the whole process. So it may be something that plays out over at least two or three years. What will the impact be? In broader terms, it will mean that there is a reasonable percentage of higher end Australian wine 
not going to China um, and whether how much of that actually gets bottled at all. It will mean more of that better wine on Australian shelves. It will mean more competition uh, to some of the smaller players from some of the bigger players who would have been exporting to China and now have to find other markets. Definitely, they're seeing an increase in that higher-end wine going to markets like the UK, which normally takes Australian bulk wine, or the US, which can be hard from a bureaucratic point of view to get wine into normally, but is getting a taste for high-end Australian wine. But for the smaller producers in Australia, yes, competition, competition. And you'll see this playing out in bottle shops where you'll see more volumes of the higher-end Australian wine normally for export in there. On the other hand, as we just talked about, the fact that consumers are buying more of that high-end Australian wine will flatten that out a bit. But expect more of that good, particularly red, to be on the shelves of your Australian bottle shop for a while. And and that's interesting as well, isn't it, as COVID unwinds here and people are more mobile and able to enjoy a restaurant, pub meal and so on, um, that those outlets become viable again and so much of the the volume control has been limited to the big stores um, but now with people eating out um, do we see that having a positive impact back through the manufacturers and even to wine grape growers or are there too many other factors at play to think that could be the case we are absolutely likely to see a positive impact going back through. You're right. Whether in cafes, whether in wine shops, it is a, a great coincidence that this uh, is happening and, and things are being unlocked and people going back to what we'll call normal cafe and bar and restaurant and sporting event with all the social part of the crowds there in summer because Australians will be out there drinking more good sparkling wines, more good whites, more good reds as well. And that will flow back right through the supply chain. That will lift that demand. People will try new labels. We are actively seeing, and a real positive, the crossover between the domestic tourism side and the wineries, the wine regions as well, and consumers. So that's going to be an area that will perhaps boost the fortunes of a lot of the players in the wine supply chain more than it had before. People aren't going to go back to going overseas in the same volumes that they were or the same numbers that they were for a few years yet. They are going to travel in their own country. They are going to go to these wine regions. The wine companies are going to do their best to make you taste something when you're at the cellar door and then buy more boxes of it when you get home. So expect to see almost a permanent change in some of those dynamics flowing forward from this. Well, I look forward to the bustling of people through the Celador estates and um, the flow of bottles out the driveway as people enjoy that experience. And um, um, from a regional economy point of view, really important to have that back on track as well. So hopefully um, we bump into some of you uh, enjoying that kind of experience in the in the near term.